So unfortunately, our presentation program crashed before we got everything in and saved it. <laughs> so Zach's still working on getting some of the scriptures in. I'm not sure if he has them all in yet. Um, but the graphic I normally load in, um, I don't really show people how to do that part. So we have no graphic. This is the graphic. Nice. <laughs> Very basic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so today's, uh, today's sermon uh, I entitled Rescued by Forgiveness. Um, I actually had a couple different titles as I was going through it. And then I was like, oh, these are all too long. And I give pastor a hard time sometimes. I'm like, come on, that's too long. I can't put that up there. <laughs> so I limited it to three words. And I was like, that works. That's core topic. Um, so whenever I was working on this sermon, um, I was finishing it up, and I, I work backwards. So I go through, I do my outline, and then I start filling from the bottom up, which is probably weird. So the last thing I wrote was actually this introduction. <laughs> and um, Whenever I think of the introduction for this, it reminded me of a movie that Tracy and I watched, which happened to be The Shack. Has anyone heard of it? Seen the previews and whatnot? The Shack? Yes. Sorry, I do talk fast whenever I'm up here sometimes. It's just nerves for the most part. Um, so... Is anyone planning on watching the movie? If so, hmm? On the book? Hmm. I have some spoilers. <laughs> it, it, it'll be okay. Everyone's okay with spoilers. Um, what it, whenever Tracy and I watch movies, I have the habit of I look it up online, I read the reviews, I read the descriptions, I read like pretty much everything about the movie. And Tracy's like, I don't want to know. She's like, I just want to watch the movie and experience it. Um, but that's just how I am. Uh, but I, I was really interested in The Shack because it had um, Skillet in it for the music video of Stars. And I really liked that song. Um, there's another song by Lecrae called um, The River of Jordan. Um, so I'm... Um, really big into music, can't help it, just the way I am. <laughs> um, j just to give you an idea to how much I like the song Stars, I've probably listened over to it like over a hundred times on loop, like just successively, it's like, oh, what am I doing today? What am I listening to? Stars. <laughs> um, but one of the main reasons I like the song is because of these following lines is, if you can hold the stars in place, you can hold my heart the same. Whenever I fall away, whenever I start to break, so here I am lifting up my heart to the one who holds the stars. Uh, these lines emphasize how we're supposed to give ourselves to God. Um, and it's just, whenever I listen to it, it speaks a lot to me. So in this uh, the Shaq movie, the main character is a father who, spoiler, has lost his daughter. <laughs> um, and his oldest daughter thinks that 
she's the reason that the whole situation happened. And since the incident, she's estranged herself from the family, and so has he. And the father was so upset with himself that he couldn't see his child's anguish and blaming herself over the situation. So he's like just all focused on himself and the anger that he has and her. Um, and the scene towards the end, the daughter tells his daughter that it wasn't her fault, which is something that she really needed to hear. Um, he, he forgives her for the situation just because she needed to hear that she was forgiven, not because it was her fault. And in that gesture, he essentially saved his daughter from what could be lifelong pain of blaming herself for something that really she had no control over. In order to get to the point of being able to realize the pain others were in, the father had to go through four different steps. First, he had to hurt, obviously. <laughs> Second, he was angry and he hated. Third, he had to hand over his hurt to God. And then finally, he needed to forgive. As I stepped through each one of these four points, um, I'll try to give some scriptures to help emphasize the points. Um, so the first one I have is from Matthew 18, verses 21-22. Or actually, that's actually the core scripture. Sorry. <laughs> um, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Who likes that idea? Just seven times and we're done. <laughs> Fairly easy, right? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times, or 77 times. So he takes his seven and he's like, you know what, let's just take this times 11. Not 10, 11 times more than what you think is even possible. When in reality, it's even more than that. It's like you just constantly forgive. Like, what do you do today? Forgiving you. Forgiving someone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always the easiest thing to do. So for the first point of hurting, there are three things we need to identify whenever we've been hurt. Who did it to you? When did it occur? And where did it happen? So in Genesis, we have the story of Joseph. Um, I remember as a little kid, Joseph was my favorite story out of the entire Bible, and I have no clue why. I think it was like the book I had, he had all these nice colorful robes, and I was like, ooh, look at those. <laughs> um, Joseph was the youngest of his brothers, which I am too, so maybe that helped me relate to him. <laughs> uh, one day he had the dream that the sun, moon, and 11 stars will bow down to him. His father interprets the story as him, his wife, and their sons will bow down to Joseph one day. Which, as you may expect, when his brothers heard this, it results in them not liking him very much. Um, Terry, you're the youngest, aren't you? 
That Terry. <laughs> yeah, right in line. Whoops. Could you imagine if you would have been like, you know what, my brothers and sisters, you're all going to bow down to me one day. Exactly. You're, it's not going to have a very fond reaction from the people. Um, I keep having this story pop in my mind, but I'm trying not to say it because I don't want to embarrass my brothers. But ask me afterwards. <laughs> um, so one day, uh, Joseph's father sends him out to go ahead and check on his brothers. Uh, they're out feeding sheep and the flock and everything. And his brothers see him from afar and probably did what my brothers would have done or Terry's siblings would have done. And they're like, we see him. Let's kill him. We're going to get him now. <laughs> they actually literally were thinking that. Um, I think my brothers would have just beat me up or something. <laughs> they weren't as extreme. <laughs> So it, the one brother to try and save him was like, no, we shouldn't do that. Let's just throw him in the pit for now. So throw him in a pit. And then uh, the Midianite traders were passing by, and the brothers decided, hey, let's just go ahead and sell him and get rid of him, get him out of the way. And then they don't have to worry about having his blood on their hands and everything. So with this story, there are three easy things we can pinpoint with the hurt. First, his brothers were the people that hurt him, obviously. Second, it happened when he was looking to see how they were doing. He wasn't doing anything bad. He was just like, hey, how are you doing? Which, that kind of shows that you're not always going to be in a good situation just because you're trying to help someone out. Sometimes, they just have a negative reaction and don't want to be helped. And where did it happen? It happened in a pasture near Shechem, which I wish I would have Googled that. I have no clue where that is. Okay, our second point is hate. Um, it's not wrong to hate. In fact, we're supposed to hate what God hates. Um, what some people forget, though, is hate the sin, not the sinner. Um, make sure, or make this distinction to be sure your hate is directed toward a permissible target. Um, one thing I used to do whenever I was younger is um, my father abandoned my mom and my brothers and I. And Anytime I would think of him, I hated him. It's like I would see red. And I used to get into fights because of it. I would just be like, whatever, it's like I'm getting into a fight. And whenever I used to box amateur, which I think helped process a lot of it, is I would, I would think of him before I would fight. It's like I'd sit in the corner, and like the rest, like doing their spiel and everything. And I'm just like working myself up into a frenzy, just thinking of my dad and like, I'm going to take it out on this guy, whoever this guy is. <laughs> what gr great thing was like after the, we would fight, it's like we'd be friends. So 
Um, but I, I was hating my dad when in reality I should have hated the sins that he made that made the situation occur. And with that, in Mark 3, verses 1 through 5, we have an example of Jesus being angry, which is whenever he went to help a man with a withered hand. And it starts off with, again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. They, referring to the Pharisees. And he said to the man with a withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But the Pharisees were silent. And he looked around at them with anger. It's not very often that like, you think of Jesus and you're like, dude was angry. He had a temper. But here you're like, he was angry because he grieved at their hearts because they wouldn't help other people. Because it was the Sabbath. I mean, he, there shouldn't be an occasion or a law in place that makes it where we can't help someone. We should always be looking to further God's kingdom and get people to know God regardless of a law being in place. You think about China and its current state where people are actually having to hide being Christian because otherwise they'll get prosecuted or worse. So makes America sound pretty good, doesn't it? So the, the Pharisees essentially lost focus of who God is and focused in on the law, which can be extremely easy to do. I mean, if you gave me, like, these three rules to follow, I'd be like, okay. It's like, but I can do anything else? It's like, I got that. Okay, our fourth step is to hand over our anger, our hurt, to God. Th this step is where we can choose to start moving forward. Um, we can acknowledge the deceptive feeling of control, which, who doesn't like control? I mean, with Moses, I mean, our, our little cat, I'm like, I control you. <laughs> I'm like, do this. And he's like, meow. And I'm like, Rrr. Chase is like, don't get on that. He's like, meow. <laughs> and then turns away, starts doing it again. <laughs> we have little tricks, though. We have a little laser light that we put on, and it stays on for 15 minutes, goes in a circle, and he's like, Mmm, laser. <laughs> but we like control. 
we really do. Um, but whenever we're hurting and we're angry, we need to relinquish control and hand that over to God. Refusing to forgive provides a feeling of power, but it's deceptive as it's really a cover for your own sense of hurt and vulnerability. We should refuse to be a victim, cancel the debt of the person, move on. I mean, you don't move on, you're always going to just reflect and go back, and you're never going to move forward. Allow God to be the justice maker, because he knows everything. I mean, we only have our little set that we understand. Um, one of the great things about the Shaq movie that Tracy actually brought up while we were on our way here this morning is they, they essentially had the father choose between his kids which one was going to go to heaven and which one wasn't. And obviously the father couldn't make the choice. He's like, I refuse. He said, send me, which is exactly what Jesus did for us. Um, so revenge may feel good for a time. I mean, whenever I was hitting those other people at that time, it probably felt a little good. Didn't fix it. No, I just covered it up. The pain you give can never cancel the pain you've received. So get out of the way and let God take care of it. In 1 Peter, Peter is writing to the exiles of dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and I always have trouble with this one. It's Bethania, I think it is. It's, there's a Y in it which throws me off. In chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, he gives these words of wisdom. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So you're not alone in whatever it is that you're dealing with that you're, you may be holding on to. And after you have suffered for a little while, yes, you're going to suffer part of life. So, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So Peter doesn't say hold on to the hate or hold on to the pain. Instead he says cast them to God. Let him deal with them. 
let it go. Allow him to take all of it away. And when you do this, he will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish himself within you. Is this a heavy sermon? Just a little, maybe? Um, the first time pastor had me do Bible study when he was away, I picked probably one of the hardest things I think ever to teach. Well, no, that would be Revelation. <laughs> I, <laughs> I chose Lamentations. And I'm like, I'm going to be able to do this. We're going to start off really like heavy, and by the end, we're going to go, and everyone's going to be really happy, and it's going to work out awesome. And I, I went through the study, and everyone's like, this is depressing. <laughs> they were like, I was like, wait, but it's going to get better. And we keep going, and they're like, this is rough. <laughs> and then when, whenever I finished, I was like, so how was it? They're like, no, that didn't work. It's like, I... I feel worse whenever I came than whenever I was, like, before I came, and I was like, lamentations, maybe I shouldn't do that yet. <laughs> and I was like, well, I was just thinking it was, like, a good one. And they're like, lamentations, lament, sad. <laughs> and I'm like, I wasn't really thinking about it that way, but okay. <laughs> just go to show that. It doesn't always work out. <laughs> okay, and our final step is to heal. So I, whenever I looked at the topics I had for this, I was a little disappointed because I saw, saw four H's, and I was like, oh, if I would have had one less, I would have had Triple H, the wrestler. And I was like, I could have had him as like a graphic or something, but no. Probably wouldn't have been a good example anyways. <laughs> so maybe this worked out for the best. Okay, so for healing, I have forgiveness is both an event and a process. Giving forgiveness to an offender is an event. Finding relief from your own pain is a process. There isn't an instant relief from pain. It takes time. The first time we forgive is the hardest. But the more we forgive, the more we heal. And my example scripture for this is in Ephesians 4, 30-32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Hmm. I really feel like I should have flip-flopped my last two verses. <laughs> um, brain freeze, one second. Mm. 
So whenever we forgive a person, it's not easy and it will never be easy if you don't do it the first time because you're always going to hold on to it. Um, I don't believe I've ever forgiven my father face-to-face or anything. I've forgiven him verbally with God in my prayers and so forth, but I've never been like, hey, Dad, I forgive you. Um, There are some situations where sometimes you just don't get the opportunity. Um, Technically, I have the opportunity. I choose not to to further myself from pain, which sometimes that's just a protective mechanism that some people have. I happen to have that one. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Um, But sometimes it's good to go ahead and see the person and forgive them verbally and First time, you might just get out the word, I. You might not even be able to say forgive. It's one of the hardest things you may have to do, depending on the situation. But it's a process. So gradually, with time, you can easily say, I forgive you just like I forgive my dad. There's no malice there. God took that all away. It's just, my dad's my dad. Don't really talk to him. We just don't have a connection. But I forgive him, and I hope that if you're holding on to something, that you can just take, stop, recognize the hurt and the pain and what the actual sin is and not the person and forgive them and let God take it. And with that, that is the end of my sermon. And I didn't time myself. I was close to 30 minutes. (laughs) Uh, We can all stand up and we shall pray and head out. And if you want to know the story about my brothers, you can stay around and we can talk. (laughs) Uh, Let us bow our heads. Uh, Father, thank you so much for all the restoration and the love and the care that you provide for us. Um, Help us to help others and to focus on you and be able to open our hearts to you and let go of the pain and hurt that we have and to be able to say that I forgive regardless of what the situation may be. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.